The self-destruct sequence has been activated. Repeat. The self-destruct sequence has been activated. This sequence may not be aborted. All employees proceed to the emergency car at the bottom platform. Okay, we lit it just like a fuse, so no need to pick and choose Welcome to 2020, where we do more than interviews The hottest beat coming through, jumping knowledge on all of you Get a beaker to front of you with the truth that they offer you, yeah Hands up, we doing it for the culture To give artists and businesses more exposure Keeping it real and stay silent just like a boulder It's about to go all the way down, can get no lower Chasing my dreams, know that they get no slower But if I stay running, I promise they getting closer Moreover, success my older And if you're sleeping on me, I'm waking them up like boulders I told you, coming from the land with the tide roll We'll be on the whole Different vibe though. We like to ride slow and keep our windows tinted so you really can see us like Stevie Wonder waking up with his eyes closed. Yeah, got the kind of flow that rock the boat. On my 16s of pounds of dope. And if you figure you can hang with me on the mic, then grab some rope. Matter of fact, better grab some hope while you at it. We keep it live, it's time to tune in. Turn up the sound on what you're using. It goes so hard, I think it's bruising. The show is 2020, no need to zoom in. Yeah. You know, so you know we can we can sit here and talk all. No, day. I this, this, this is, to be this honest with you, DJ K Rock. To be perfectly honest with you, this is what my podcast is—an mm-hmm. exchange between someone now mm-hmm. and someone who's honed their craft. Mm-hmm. That is what I enjoy. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm a spiritual person, oh, yeah. but I won't say I'm a church person. Right. I feel like. Jesus was one of the people who was out amidst the people. Right. And I feel like that's where the knowledge is. Mm -hmm. I can go to a building all day, Mm -hmm. but I need to sit down with someone who's my elder, who's done this longer, who has more experience Mm -hmm. and just absorb from them. I've always been that cat. So this is essentially my podcast is me getting back to that. Right. Because I enjoy that. I feel like because have you noticed like over like the last, I want to say maybe 15 years, Conversation has stopped, like as social media increased. Well, intrapersonal conversation. Well, my personal take on a lot of this stuff is the devil moves in silence. Mm. The devil has put people in place, and he's been working at this for years Mm. to put certain people in place. And when he's ready, he's going to make his move. If you look at things right now, it's all mayhem. You understand? Mm-hmm. They stopped church. They closed the doors to the church. Yeah. You understand? Mm-hmm. They shut the world down. You know, you have the elite and the rich white folks fighting towards each other for power. You know? That's real. They're, 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 they're you know, they're trying to kill people because I, I look at it as, we're, we're, we're being purged. Oh, yeah. You understand? A thousand percent. We're being purged. So, therefore, you know, every, every, every family for itself, you know, they're talking about coming into your house and someone is sick. They're taking you out. You know what I mean? They're trying to set up these concert, you know, crazy, however, you know, you pronounce it, camps, camps you know, to Mexicans move right people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to them. They, you know. If if I had a a child with me and he was sick or she was sick, you gonna come in my house and take her? That's why they tried to get you to surrender your guns. You right. see, guns is bad, you know, but you don't realize that they send certain people to go out to cause this mayhem. Absolutely. So therefore, they can talk about guns is bad. Just surrender your guns. Get money for guns because when it's time to move on you, what do you have to protect your you can't family? Can't defend yourself, right? You know? What are you going to do? You know? So that's not the right move. Mm-mm. You got to protect yourself somehow, you know, unless you the greatest martial arts like Bruce Lee or something, you know, but can you stop a bullet? You know? Sure. So at least if you die, you die in trying to save yourself, save your family. So, you know, this, you know, when you sit down and you analyze this whole world, man, they stop music. They stopped, they stopped killing for a while, you know? As soon as they opened up, within 48 hours, what happened? Black five man. murders. Yep. 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 Five murders. Because now you had people locked up and restless, yep. you know? Anxiety. People couldn't mm-hmm. see their mistresses, you know what I mean? And 
you know, you you know, so the true colors really started showing. And people, they said the domestic violence is, is at an all-time high yeah. because... Skyrocketed. You know, that person that you really didn't care for, you locked up in that house because you got kids or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. And, you know, your mistress, you know, or, or your guy or girlfriend or whatever is on the side like, yo, when you coming over? Right. You didn't tell me you was married. You didn't tell me you had somebody mm -hmm. else. And you lying saying you staying with a friend or your parents or whatever. So right. it's like, you know. But you know, it is what it is. You know, it is. No, nah, man, is. that's that's truth. I and you want to know what's crazy? I've been seeing a lot more of this. Like, if and I hate that I have to be on social media as much, but that's how I manage and interact. It's like yeah. a gift and a curse. Well, that's that's the future. It is. But you got to know how to filter out the true from the false. Right. You know, you got to really know who really means well for you and really want to get that the truth out to you mm -hmm. instead of that person trying to really you know, scare you into believing that, oh, this is true, when it's right. really not. Right. Something, uh, my, I, I call him my dad, but he's my, my best friend's dad, because my father passed away in 05. Mm -hmm. He told me something. If you want to know who means well in your circle, mm -hmm. take one common thread and tell it differently to each person. And when the messed up or the mess gets out, that's the leak in your bucket. I feel like it's the same way with media mm -hmm. can they take your interest and reflect what you're putting into it can they if, if you're about positivity are they giving you a situation from all angles or are they trying to skew your your view on something are they telling you the facts as they are are you doing your homework afterwards are you really going and doing your research like the god forbid the aubrey uh, ahmad situation you see how bad they're trying to discredit this man? Like, anybody who's like, months, man, this is a messed months, up situation. Three months, two, three months for, you know, people to really find out outside of Georgia what's really going on. But this is happening every day. Yeah, and everywhere. You know, and everywhere, in every state. Look at New York. You know, the men in blue in New York, as they say, they get away with everything. They can run up to you, beat you up, and get away with it. They have a... They have a cop up in New York right now. I can't. I think it's Rodriguez. I might I might be wrong, but I think it's Rodriguez. He has numerous of numerous of of, of write ups. Well, people reporting on him, mm -hmm. but they still have him on the force, and he's just abusing people. You know, when you have a badge and a gun, you feel like you're above the law, and you feel like you're God. You know what I mean? And you can do anything you want to whomever. Mm -hmm. And see, and that's, that's what's wrong with police departments right now. You really need to turn over, you know, have eternal affairs, really investigate the cops. You should have uh, uh, special units going around watching the cops. Exactly. Making sure that they're doing the right thing. Because if we're paying their salary, why are they abusing us? Right. You know, some people, you know, they've been abused in school. So when, when, but they were smart enough to pass the test to be a cop. Mm -hmm. So now that they're a cop, if they ever see the people that mis mistreated them in school, they're going to harass them because right. now they're the big man in mm -hmm. charge, a big woman in charge. You know, so, you know, you have to really be careful on who you treat as you grow. Mm -hmm. Because if you treat people right, as you grow from little to, you know, when you get older, people will remember you and, and it might be something that you need. It might be help that you, you really need. And that person will remember you and give you that aid, help you, you know, in, in your time of need. You understand? Absolutely. You have to, you know, you know, I was raised, man, respect everybody, you mm -hmm. know, respect, you know, definitely your elders, you know, um, and uh, if you want respect back, you know, you have to give respect, you know? Absolutely. And, and the problem with people today is they're so busy trying to take mm. instead of trying to get. It's that me, 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 You know, me, me, me. exactly. Well, damn, I want what he has. Yep. You know, let me go and get that. You know, especially kids in school, they come in school with the nice iPhones, the latest iPhones, the sneakers or whatever. You lay it down, put it in your locker. What happens? You open up your locker to go get it? Gone. Gone. 
Yep. Because someone's watching you very closely. Someone is watching someone else very closely if they admire what they have. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember, uh, you know, I also work for the government, mm -hmm. you know, and I had some people come say, how'd you get that job? That is the most insulting thing. I said, mm -hmm. I got this job the same way you could have got a job. Go down and apply for it. Mm, there you go. You understand? Mm -hmm. Go and apply for it the same way. Don't don't look at it as, damn, you a black man, you know, and you got a good job, and I'm out here in these streets trying to make it, you know? A white boy had told me that one time. Are you for real? Yeah, a white boy told me that. And he said, he said, man, how'd you get this job, man, you know? I said, yeah, the same way you can go and apply for it. You know? Whew. Man, kudos to you for keeping your uh, composure in that situation. You, you have to keep your composure because some people just don't know. Mm. And you have to kind of enlighten them, school them, okay. you know, and because they was raised differently. Not everybody, every household is different, you know. Not every household is raised with respect. You know, a lot of household has a lot of tension, mm. friction, and, and toxic relationships with mother and father and, 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 and kids and parents. So, you know, I come from a good family. You know, my, my family, you know, my mother and father, God rest their soul, you know, they taught me how to be a man. They taught me, the, you know, the right way of doing things and show me the wrong way of not doing things, you know. They told me, this is what you need to do. They guided me in the right direction, but they also put me out there so I can also feel things on my own. You know, they wasn't really strict, you know, but they showed me and they mm -hmm. spoke to me. And, um, you know, my dad, he used to work for corrections. So in New York, Rackers Island, Brooklyn House, oh, Detention, wow. the whole nine, the, you know, the rough places. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, look, I want you to come with me. So he took me to, you know, to his job. And, you know, I, I was up in the jails. I was probably, you know, teenager, you know, 11, 12, 13, you know. And he said, look, man, if you ever do something stupid, don't call me to come get you out because this is where you're going to end up. Man, from that day forth, I straightened up, fly right. I was never really a bad kid, mm. but I knew where I didn't want to go. Right. Because you lost all your privileges. You're in a but-so-big cell, no freedom, and you have to eat three squares of meals a day. You got to watch your tail. You know, you, you can't call somebody or hug somebody that you love. Why would you want to go to jail? This is what I don't understand about people. People love going to jail. It's like their second or first home. I wouldn't, no. Right. There's nothing beautiful or, or exciting about going to jail, you know? I'd rather be out here where I'm free to do what I want, drive a car, hug, hug somebody, kiss mm -hmm. somebody, you know, uh, um, um, buy something. You know, right. <laughs> go to the gym, you know, run around, mingle with people, wake up when I want to, go to, go to sleep when I want to, eat what I want. Fact. You know, I, you know, I just don't understand why people want to keep repeating that cycle and going in there, you know, and then teaching your kids. It's OK. It's cool. Because that's what the world thinks right now. It's cool, you know, to go to jail. It's cool to get arrested. It's cool to walk down the street. You're a grown man walking down the street with your pants sagging. That's the nastiest thing ever. You know, and people don't even know the true meaning to that. Let me ask you something. Let me let me poke your brain a little bit on that. Uh oh. <laughs> um, I was having a conversation with uh, my uncle not long ago. And I feel like the concept of prison and jail to people now, I think they see like this illusion of like status with it. Like they feel like it's like a stripe. You know what I'm saying? I've been to jail. I've been to blah, blah, blah. And I'm back now. You know what I'm saying? That sets me above you. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like the, the line, the morality of right and wrong is like skewed now or it's like blurred. It's been blurred for many, many years. You know, you, you're born in the projects. You know, if you ain't doing this, you ain't real. Ooh. Oh. If, 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 if you don't, if you don't, um, uh, if you snitch, you ain't real. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you're going to have to take this L for me. Or you ain't real. That's so contradictory to me. I don't get it. But how are you... Okay, being real is the equivalent of being a real man or a real woman, right? But being a, a real man is taking responsibility for your actions. Exactly. So me taking responsibility for someone else's actions for clout is and, the definition of someone who's not a man. And that's why they're so blinded, because they was taught wrong. They was taught wrong. How can we break that generational curse, though? Like, because this, you know, this is going We on. don't have enough places where young men can go to and really learn from somebody older. Mm. You know, we have the Boys and Girls Club, but they, you know, they just go there to hang out, play, and have fun. There's no one teaching the youth right now. You know, you're taking away everything from them. The basketball courts. You seen any yeah. basketball courts around here? That's the right. only thing you'll see around here is a baseball field and a soccer field, mm -hmm. football field. But they take, there's really no basketball, you know, fields out here. They take them down. But that, that comes with, these kids don't know how to take care of it. That's true. They want to get out there, jump all over the court, pull the, you know, the net down or whatever. You know, parents, you, you need to teach your kids better. Respect. Respect. Yep. If you want something to be around, don't have your kids tear it up. Right. Simple as that. You know, but getting back to the youth, it starts from the youth. It starts from the home. Whatever the kids learn from home, they're going to take it out in the streets and learn what they learn in the streets and put it together. You know, you have some people that have great home training, but also out in the streets and they got home training, street training and book sense. Mm -hmm. So when you incorporate all of that, you know how to work the system. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know how to work the system. You know how to deal with your homies on the street. You know how to go to school and get that education. And you're respecting your peers. That's when you, you understand. Someone taught you how to understand how to survive in this world. But you got some people that come from a home and say, you got to go out there and get it. Go out there and get it however you need to get it. That kid's going to go out there and steal. Right. You know, that kid's going to go out there. Once they get their first taste of killing somebody, then they feel like they can do it again if they got away with it, especially right. if they're youth under age. You right. just go to the little detention center for a little bit and then you come out. A little kid can murder somebody, you know, before what, 13, yep. 12? Mm -hmm. Do a, you know, stay in that little youth center or whatever for a couple of years and then get out and live his life. Some people can get out and say, look, I'm not gonna do this. You know, I need to get my, right, my life right. That's somebody that spoke to that child, mm -hmm. you know, and let him know the difference and what and what he did was wrong. You cannot do that. You know, what if somebody did that to your mother, or your father? How would you feel? Who? You know, so it starts from the youth and we have to figure out some type of program where that, you know, we can teach these youth, even if they're not being taught at home, that they can be taught somewhere, a center. You know, someone that has the love and the passion for these kids and the time, you know, to really teach these kids and, and have them understand, you know, how to live in this world. You know, we go to school from kindergarten, 12th grade, mm -hmm. but we don't learn nothing in school for real. That, ooh, ooh. It's free, right? It is. You can go to a, a Catholic school that you have to pay $50 million a month, you know, to learn, but they teach you better. And they teach you more about religion and they teach you more about respect and they teach you how to live. That's real. Why is it unbalanced like that? When you go to college, you have to pay to go to college. Knowledge is key. You have to pay for knowledge. If you want something and you want your child to be smart and bright, you have to pay for it. Sending them to public schools. Now, there are some great public schools around. You just you have to fight to get in there, right. you know. Hey, I live at this address when you really don't live at that address. Right. You know, but you, you know, if you're a parent and you're not in tune with your teacher, you, you know, you don't know what's going on with your child. 
I think a lot of people are feeling that brunt right now. Mm -hmm. Have you, like you see a lot of people complaining like, ooh, I need to get away from my kids for a bit. They're joking, but they're dead serious. And um, my boy, he's a good friend of mine. He literally put out a status and reached out to it to teachers and said, after one week of being with my kids, I see what they're talking about now. Yeah. And he apologized to them publicly. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was probably the realest thing I ever seen. Yeah. Because they don't get those pats on the back. They're underpaid. They don't get... How is it that... How is it that teachers are not getting paid to teach your child how to live in this world? Crazy. How is it that they're getting paid, barely getting paid? And, and half of them that are going to school having one or two masters yep. are still not getting paid. You know? Straight off a of passion. So why, why is that? You know, why is that? Teachers need to get paid more money mm-hmm. because they are teaching your child how to live in this world. And they need to change, you know, what they've been teaching kids right now. Because what they're teaching these kids right now is not the way to live. Te- teach them how to m- do measurements. Teach them how to stocks and bonds. Teach them how to invest. Teach them how to respect each other. You know, teach them how to, you know, uh, prepare, you know, a, 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 a resume. You're teaching them stuff that was way before their time, back in the 1700s, that half that stuff ain't even true. <laughs> you know, you're not even teaching them the real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, teach them, you know, how many black people invented just about everything that you can see. But that's not in, in none of the schools. Right. A black person, a black, you know, person uh, uh, invented this, you know, what, the stop sign, mm-hmm. you know, the, what, peanut butter, I think. Um, you know, the okay. list goes on and on. First black person to do a brain surgery, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's so many things that w- our generation, you know, our black generation has created, invented that's, it's so much that a lot of white people took from us and took the credit from, mm-hmm. you know, but it's so much black history that is not being taught in the school. But you're teaching about Ben Franklin and and, you know, Abraham Lincoln or whatever. It's time to change all of that because how people were living back then are not how they're living now. And then I just heard, you know, just yesterday. Someone told me there was like, what, seven presidents before Washington. Oh, yeah, yeah. Washington. One of them was black, too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That blew my mind. Because <laughs> I thought for many, many years. Washington was the first. You know, Washington was the first president. Nope. So why isn't, why isn't that being taught is what I'm saying. Because they don't want nobody to know there was a black president. Mm-hmm. They don't want nobody to know that the black people started the Republican Party. Yep. You know, they come, they take everything, and they, and they turn it into their yep. own. You know, you know, I, I'm not trying to sound racist or nothing like that, because no, I, I love everybody. Trust and believe, whoever's listening to this, I love everybody. I don't care if you're black, white, Chinese, or whatever. I'm just a fair person. Just be fair. Yeah. You know, stop trying to pull wool over our eyes like we were, we're not going to find the truth ever since they made facebook myspace uh ig every social media now the truth is coming out mm-hmm. and you can get the truth just like that no matter where it's coming from because now everybody's putting up the truth everybody's putting up knowledge every you can go to one person you know selective sli- sites and you know know this person is for you to know right. the truth, you know? And it's sad that they've been hiding this for, for so many years. And if you realize a lot of people are getting along, black and white people are getting along now because white people are realizing what their ancestors has done for so many years to black people. Yeah. That's why the older people are still around because they know their kids are getting along and went to school with black people and know that they're cool. You know, what y'all, 
what 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 I hear y'all talking about, that's years ago. You know, black people look cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like Cat Williams said, it's always good to have some white friends. That it's is so real. true. It's real. Very much so. It's real. So, you know, white people are changing as they grow. And they see that, you know, black people are not what they were taught they were. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not beasts. We're not animals. We bleed just like you. You know, right. so we can all get along and we can all move forward and we can all build and we can all come together. That's the only way we're going to make it. Bro. That's the only way we're going to make it. Uh-huh. Only way we're going to make it. So, you know, it, it, it's it's time for a change This in this world. We're in a new world order now. Mm-hmm. You understand? Big so time. whatever happened in, you know, February... That was the old world. We're in a new world because they're still trying to set new orders. Yep. They're opening things up. Yeah, go ahead. Have fun. Party. They do just what you want to do. Watching. Right. And they're watching. Because they wouldn't open up unless the numbers change. Mm-hmm. And being that these doctors and these nurses are coming out saying and telling the truth yep. about how they're getting paid extra money. You know, if we just say they died from COVID. Yep. You know, you're getting extra money. But a lot of real doctors, and I commend them, you know, are telling the truth. They're not letting us treat these patients right to save their life. They want them to go to, they want them to cold before you put them on a ventilator. It's crazy. When we can actually save their life with oxygen and, and other things. So th- it, it'll prevent them from, you know, coding, you know going to that that final level mm. <laughs> man this is crazy man i was talking to my mom because my mom's an rn mm-hmm. and i bruh every time she goes to work i pray like i pray bro because she just she come home sometimes she call me every day and she just tells me what she sees mm-hmm. and um it's mortifying bro it, it really makes you consider mortality and the state of mind someone who's in power like really is like when you're in a position of power, does your value of life that's not yours diminish? Like, is it really that much? Like, it bothers me. It, it really bothers me. It's, it's like they're detached, kind of. Does, does, does that make sense? It's all about that stature, you know, that of I'm a doctor and I'm getting paid six figures. Okay. Your life really doesn't matter to me. That's crazy. You, ha- you, you have some doctors where you go in for your appointment and you try to talk to that doctor and they don't have time for you. They don't, they don't, they don't have time. They don't have time for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They want to rush you in, rush you out. Get that copay. Hey, you, you, need, you need some medication? Oh, I can't stand Here that. you go. Ooh. Here you go. Uh, we'll put you on this. We'll put you on that. And blah, 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 blah. And this is what I tell people. Doctors are only prescription writers. You're your own doctor. That's real. Because if you go and you sit down on that couch or that little bed or whatever they got hung up, you know, in that, mm-hmm. in that doctor's room or whatever, doctor's going to come in. Hey, how you doing today? Pull up his chair. What seems to pro- be the problem? Yep. <laughs> You have to tell that doctor what's wrong with you. What's wrong with you. Yep. And what he says is, uh, <laughs> okay, let me take your temperature. Let me check your, you know, pulse and let me take your, your, uh, uh, your pressure. Your three main things. Oh, let me check your ears. Let me look at your eyes. Let me look at your throat. Mm-hmm. That's all the doctor's going to do. And then he's going to determine if you, ha- if you have redness in your throat. You know, if you, if your glands or whatever is swollen in your nose or whatever, if your ears, if 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 you have fluid behind mm-hmm. your ears, you know, if your eyes are red, if you're running a fever, antibiotics, yep. antibiotics. They're prescription writers. You are your own doctor, and if you know the remedies on how to cure yourself. You don't even need to go to the doctors. And that's what the problem is now. That's why they're sending out the viruses, you know, population control. Not a lot of people are going to the doctors because they're realizing eating more fruit, 
um, yep. ginger, you know, lemons and, you know, um, you know, elder, what, what, elderberries. El elderberries, mm. berries, you know, the more you eat healthy, the less you see a doctor. And if you know what onions can do for you, uh, peppers and all that stuff, if you read upon it, it'll tell you what onions will do for your body, your bloodstream, whatever the case may be. Certain things plays as a antibody. Yep. Fact. You know, that's why a lot of doctors won't tell you that vitamins are good for you. Nah, they tell you it's bad for you. You don't really need vitamins and this and that or whatever. Because... They don't want you to be healthy because if you're healthy, you don't have to go see them. Right. They need that money. They, they need to write a prescription so they can get money. So the less people that go to doctors, it becomes a problem. Now your copay goes up. Right. You know, now your copay goes up. Now we got to figure out what we can do to get this pharmaceutical money coming in, still coming in, because you know that's one of the largest things in the world, you know, to make money off of is drugs. Right. Absolutely. The legal drugs. They took what was illegal, got a bill passed, and now they're making money off of when it's legal. Because they realized. But see, and this is what I feel. I feel like they knew all along that um, weed oh, does man. a lot of cure. Yeah. It cures, you know, it helps people with parking disease. It helps people to have the shakes, mm -hmm. you know, and it calms people down that, you know, that are really have anxiety. Yep. It does a lot of things. But here's the thing. You can grow it yourself. So anything that the government can't make profit on is illegal. illegal. Yep. <laughs> you understand? Yes, sir. Any, anything that the government cannot make profit on is illegal. And my thing is this here. If I speed... And you catch me, write me a ticket. It's illegal to speed. Right. But you're going to write me a ticket. Let me take that, you know, ticket, send you the money. Go on about your business. Right. It should be illegal for police harassing you, too. You know what I mean? I agree. But back to the weed situation, they're realizing that they can't stop it. You yep. know, people are growing it in their homes privately. Yep. You know? And... They just finally woke up and said, look, let's make it legal and make this money. I think the first year they made a million dollars or something. Colorado did. Yeah. <laughs> so my thing is this here. You should have did a long time ago, but they were scarce because what about the people that got caught for selling weed? Mm -hmm. Now they got to deal with that. They have to figure something out. You know, there's people that's doing time for selling weed. What are they going to do about that? And they're dragging their feet about that. And they're dragging their feet. Because you get money going to jail. Which is the new slavery. Exactly. It's been that for years, many, many years. Yep. They, cops want to write you up for whatever they can. But you should be a good cop. Because you remember something. Your child can go through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And just because you're a cop don't mean that you can get them off. Oof. I've seen that happen. Yeah. I've seen people brag about, oh, this happened to this, but my dad worked X, you know, X and X. Well, he'll just call it in and do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's not going to work everywhere. It's not. I mean, hey, look, my, like I said, my dad was a cop. My dad was a correction officer. And I used to speed. I love speed. And the cop pulled me over. I show him my little PBA card. And he'd be like, what's this? I said, your dad works for the force or something? Yeah, I was like, yeah. Okay. I got away with it a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But they also took my PBA card and like, yo, if you want it back, tell your dad to call me. Mm. I'd be like, okay. I'll go home. Hey, dad, I need another PBA card. <laughs> he had a whole bunch of them. You know what I'm saying? You know, right. but that helped me in a lot of situations. You know, it helped me in a lot of situations. Trust me, I've been in some situations where the cops wanted to do me in. You know, but when they saw that, that card in my window, they kind of lightened up a little bit, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, they talked to me differently, you know. And when they saw that, you know, hey, you know, I wasn't a threat, then they had no choice but to, you know, let me go. Right. You know, so, you know, that's, that's a whole nother world, man. I would hate to be a cop right now. 
you're gonna be vilified either way. Yeah, and just this cop alone, I don't know if you saw it, he was saying, you know, he was just talking about how cops, you know, hold a standard, you know? You know, why are you going out harassing people unnecessary? You know, I think it was in Washington State or something like that. And he got millions of views. And his commander, chief or whatever, called him and said, look, now it's time for you to take it down. You know, wow. so first he called and he was like, yo, we commend you for what you said. It was a good thing, whatever. Then he got more views. And then he was like, um, I don't know, I think you need to, you called him again and said, I think you need to turn, you know, take it down. He says, nah, if I take it down, then I wouldn't be standing for anything. You That's know? Real. So he's like, all right. It, became, it got even larger, it got into the millions. He called in the back and said, look, if you don't take it down, you're going to be written up, the whole nine, the, you know, and it's, it's coming from high above, you yeah, know. they're coming down on him. So to make yeah. a long story short, they, they fired him. That's crazy. For speaking the truth, speaking, speaking facts. You know, he was given his point of view as an officer. You know, I'm not that type of officer that's going to go out there and mistreat you and, 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 you know, try and write you up unnecessary and, you know, just do some things that I shouldn't be doing. You know, and he got fired for it. Man, stand up. That's crazy. But he stood up. He stood up for, you know, what was right. And that's what we need in this world. More people to stand up for what's right, but the consequences is you might lose, you yeah. know, your 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 way of 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 your finances. You know, right. they they're gonna your take life. that. So yeah. that's why it's good to have more than, you know, one source of income. You know, if you're trying to stand up for your people, you know, you, you have to have something else because they're gonna come for you to shut you up. Because knowledge is key. And knowledge is a threat. Yeah, it's a weapon. It's a weapon. I think the most, I think something I used to hear a lot is I'm really articulate, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and my aunt taught me that. She always taught me, she said she didn't want anyone to know where I was from by the way I spoke. Right. So she was like, I'm going to teach you to be articulate. She was an English teacher, my oh, favorite yeah. teacher of all time. Coincidentally, I was her student one year, which mm -hmm. was awkward. Mm hmm. Uh, one time I called her auntie in class. She took 10 points off my test. Wow. I kid you not. She didn't but want, she was she teaching didn't want me. nobody know exactly. that because then it, then it would be like your favoritism. Yep. So I got it harder. I, I, I had mm -hmm. it rough in that class, but I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Because now it opens up doors for me. Um, oh, yeah. There's times where I'm out speaking and they're like, where are you from? Spark conversation. Right. It's, you, it's, you can't really tell the accent. You know, you have your own way of speaking. Right. So they're gonna ask. Right. You know, my my voice, you can you can tell I might be from the East Coast, depending on what I'm what I'm saying and how I say it and how I conversate. Yeah, you, you know, cadence. New York, mm -hmm. you know, we like, yo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so I'm pretty sure I done said that a million times <laughs> as we're talking. You know, so when I speak to somebody out in the street or whatever, I'm conversation, they're like, Wait, where are you where are you from? You're not mm -hmm. from here, huh? Mm -hmm. I'm like, Nah. You you from New York or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can tell the way you talk, the way you talk, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm a New Yorker till I die, you know. I mean, I've been down in Burm you know, Bama for a minute, but I've, I've always had, you know, homes. This always was my home. You know, my parents were from here. Really? So, you know, they was from Baymanet and Atmore. You know, my what? mother was from Atmore, my, my dad's from Baymanet. So all my aunts and uncles is here, cousins, first cousins, second cousins, third cousins. I have so many cousins, I Your don't roots. even know who oh, they yeah. are, especially Bay Manette. Yeah, because Bay Manette so, is, yeah. and I mean this in the most respectful way, that's pretty much next to the country. Yeah, it is know? the country. Yeah. You know, you know so. that's what it is. It's good living. <laughs> it I is. stayed up there for a couple of years when I had to take care of my mom. You know, after my dad died, I, I, you know, I gave up a, a lot of my life to go and take care of my mother because she had Parkinson's disease. Really? So my dad was taking care of her for many years. She was diagnosed, I, th I believe, in the late 80s. I didn't know until in the 2000s. They didn't tell me. I didn't wow. really know what was going on with my mother. But, you know, he, you know, my dad, you know, I commend him because he really, you know, he took care of my mother, you know. And when he passed in 2014, you know, it's just me and my sister. So my sister was in New York. So 
I had to, somebody had to step up. But see, they taught me how to live. Mm -hmm. They taught me how to do things. So my dad, before he passed, knew. He asked me, he said, look, why don't you come in and, and, and move in and help me with your mother? Because, you know, I was living by myself. Big old house in Spanish for what? The whole nine. He said, just sell the house. Come here. Save your money, you know, and, and, and just help me with your mother. And at that time, he had caught a stroke like some months ago. So he was recovering from his stroke. Wow. You know, but he was a man. So he didn't want to sit down nowhere, right. you know. And um, I said, all right, Dad, I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to do that. He said, I'll I, I make a way because when he caught the stroke, he lost his speech. And the only mm -hmm. person that can understand him was me. So when he had doctor's appointments, I had to take off work. I had to go with him to the doctors and listen to what was going on. And, and, you know, he can understand perfectly fine, you know, but I had to make sure, you know, I knew what was going on. So. That, that week before he passed, you know, and even when he got out of the hospital, we had to go to nurse, he had to go to nursing home and get better. I said, Dad, you're a big man. I can't I can't bathe you and you know and, right. and clean you up. You you're gonna have to rehabilitate and get better where you can kind of take care of yourself. My dad was six two, you know, three hundred to almost four hundred pounds. He big dude. He was solid. He wasn't mm. fat or nothing. He was just big, you know. Yeah. So he was like, all right. And he, you know, he got better and they taught him how to, you know, walk because he had he had broke his fib, fib in his leg. And, um, you know, that's a long story. But anyway, make a long story short, he got out of the nursing home. He was able to walk around. He was able to take a bath, take care of himself. So I was going back and forth, making sure he was all right, taking care of my mom. We had a nurse come in the whole nine, mm -hmm. you know, so. The week the, the weekend before he passed, he said, look, you know, come, you know, stay, whatever, sell your house, whatever. I'll move everything over in this garage. You put all your studio equipment and all your DJ equipment in there. And then if we got to get a pod, we'll get a pod or get a, get a storage room, we we'll get a storage room. But I just need your help, you know. So I said, all right, cool, boom. I did all of that. And he passed away that Tuesday, three days after his birthday. So at that point, I had to step up and I had to take care of my mother. So I go, I, I go back to say, when you're raised right and they teach you the fundamentals of life, there was no way I, I would put my mother in a nursing home, nor my father. But I knew my father was coming out when we did. Right. It was just for rehabilitation. So what I'm saying is, when you're taught as a child how to do, how to cook, clean, you know, um, and respect, when it comes your turn to step up, you were you were taught to do what is needed to be done. So I had to step up and take care of my mother. And I took care from head to toe, bathed her, washed her. Some people was like, man, yo, how was you able to do that? You know, I said, my mother and father took care of me. Exactly. They washed me. They cleaned me. Exactly. They raised me. So there's no way that I'm going to leave my mom, you know, laying in pee or, you know, doo doo or whatever and leave her funky. You know, I watched my mom go from walking and feeding herself to not feeding herself or walking anymore. And that is hard for a caregiver because I saw what my dad did because mm -hmm. I had to do it. So caregivers go through something differently than a person hearing about somebody passing away. Right. Because a caregiver sees them go from A to Z mm. every day. And that is a lot on a, that caregiver, especially if it's a family member. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I had the tools to take care of her, cook, clean, pay the bills, make sure everything was functional like my dad was still here. You understand what I'm saying? I made it comfortable for her. I had people come in to do her hair, her nails, made her feel pretty, took her to church, until she just couldn't go no more. You understand? Yes, but it was what was instilled in me, the knowledge that was instilled in me to be able to do what I did. And that's when, you know, it goes back to the conversations of you have to start a child when it's younger.
Because if a child gets older and their parent gets sick and you don't want to take care of your parent and you're so busy to rush them in a nursing home, you're no kind of son or a daughter. That's real. You know? You know, you're not. You know? Because my parents believed in me and anything I wanted to do. Even when I stepped in this music game. Even when I wanted to be a DJ. I'll never forget it. My dad took me to, to, to Manhattan. My, actually, both my parents. We was in the car. And I said I wanted some speakers. And my man Giz, he had these big speakers there. It was called Gem Sounds. Mm. And it was two 15 inches with, a, with a, 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 a five horns, five tweeters and a horn. So they stood about five feet high or whatever. So he right. went, bought me that, bought my turntables from Canal Street. You know, now I'm rocking. My brother used to DJ. My cousins used to DJ. My boys, Milk and Giz, you know, used to DJs. We used to have the basement parties at my house back in the days. You know, we, we had it going on. My parents would allow me to have, you know, the basement party. I had kids from the school, you know, because I was still in high school. We was rocking. I had the dopest, you know, uh, 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 basement parties, but they believed in me and, and, and they were so proud of me to go from the first time they brought my turntables to see me on TV, Arsenio Hall, Soul Train, Phil Donahue, Joan Rivers, you know, MTV Raps, BT, uh, Donnie Simpson, Soul, um, Soul Train, you know, Everything that was on TV for musicians to perform at, I was on, you know. And they were very proud. And I, and, and I, and I love that I made them proud, you know. I love the fact that they saw what they invested. Mm. So if you have a child that has a vision or a passion, you need to invest because you never know how far that child is going to take it. So like I said, it goes back to the basics, home and what you instill in that child mm -hmm. and what he's going to be in the future, you know? So before my parents left this earth, because my, my mom passed away in 2016. So before she left, they all, they knew that they had, their kids were right. They were all right. You know, their daughter was all right. Their son was all right. And we were established and we were good. And that's what we want as parents when we, before we leave this earth, that our kids are doing great because we worry. Mm -hmm. When we see our kids not, you know, doing what, you know, what's needed and they're not content, they're not, they're not settled you know, they don't have a future. They don't have a job. We worry as parents, you know, we do what we can for as long as we can. Some kids take advantage, you know, yeah, real. but we worry as parents and we want our kids to have the best before we leave, because you got to remember something. We have kids, parents die, kids move on. They start a family. You know, they raise their kids. They die. It's it's how the world revolves. Yeah, it's a man. cycle. This is That's this real. is what it is. You know, God, you know, it's a blessing if you're able to live to 100 and, and then some or over 80 and then some. There's people that lost all their kids and they're still living. Yeah. You know, so we have to figure it out. And, you know, while we're here on this this beautiful world that we live in, you know, and, the, you know, the. the the thing I can tell people is this here. Live life to its fullest. Every day you step foot out of that bed, you're going to learn something new. But live life to its fullest because you never know when your time is coming. You never know. So if there's something that you want to do, if there's a vacation you want to take, there's something that you want to do around your house, get it done. Because you can sit back and you say, I accomplished it. I did it. I'll be 50 this year. I don't look like it. <laughs> I'll be 50 July 11, and I'm proud to be 50. You know, there's not a lot of brothers that made it to 50. That's real. And um, I'm, I'm. You're a successful black man. I'm a successful black man at that. 
Yeah. I've done it. I've traveled the world. You know, I've entertained thousands of people. Millions, bro. You know, if you want to put it all together, <laughs> yeah, yeah <man>. millions. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been a successful DJ, professional DJ for many, many years. I started DJing in 84. Professionally since 87. Out with light since 87. Mm -hmm. And we're still touring. And we're still doing shows. You know, so... If, God forbid, if I had to leave this earth, I've touched souls. I've touched people's hearts. I made a difference. I think somebody had said, you're not missed if nobody's talking about you. You're nothing if nobody, if you pass away and nobody's talking about the greatness that you have done, the things that you've done, you're not missed. You're just another dead body. You're just another person that was here and now you're gone. You know, it's the effect that you leave behind that carry on your legacy. Mm -hmm. You know, you got Tupac. He's been dead since, what, 96? 96. Biggie. 97. Molly Maul. I mean, Bob Molly. You know, uh, uh, Hendrix. Jimi yeah. Hendrix. These are legends. These are icon legends and people that left you with something mm -hmm. and you're still talking about it to this day. That's how I kind of want to be remembered, you know? I want my family to, to bring up the good times, how I used to joke and have fun with them, you know? That's how I want to be, you know, remember. Kay was crazy. He did this. Remember we was on tour we did this? and He crazy. People can talk about that, you know? People can talk about it, you know, but that's God forbid if something happened to me, you know. I lived. Right. I lived. As since you still here, let me give you some additional flowers, man. Something I admired about you. Um, like I said, I, I did my home. I, let me first say I already knew about you mm -hmm. before this, obviously. Um, you know, I had but, to check with my man Steve-O. Be yeah, like, man. yo, who this cat? Man, he said, yo, man, that's my cousin, man. You know, we, we grew up together with a, you know, kind of like a nerd like me, you know, whatever. <laughs> and he, he's cool. I said, okay, cool. Because I'm talking to you on, by text. We never really mm -hmm. had vocal yeah, conversation. And I'm like, oh, I hope this is legit. <laughs> yeah, bro. You know? It's very so I much called so. him up today before I came. He said, nah, man, he cool. He's straight, man. I gave him your number and stuff like that. He does a lot of interviews with a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it'll be good. I'm like, say no more. You know what I mean? If you say he good. I'm here. I appreciate that. And uh, some a reason I really liked your story is because you chased a dream to fruition. A lot of people quit. Yeah. When you when your name isn't on the forefront at the time frame you want, a lot of people give up. Yeah. But you didn't. Yeah. And and I also watched a lot of your interviews. I don't do a lot of interviews. I know. I know. Um, one in particular that I watched was uh, a couple years ago, Fox 10 actually interviewed you. And uh, I, I, they did me twice. I, uh, the most recent one I watched was the one for Black History Month in okay. 2018. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they, they were covering you because they was like legend hidden right in the city. And I was like, what you mean hidden? And then I, I got to thinking about it. I was like, okay, I see what angle they're going for. You know, because Every person wears different hats. But what I like about you, you keep your hats separate. Yes. Uh, you keep your, your work life separate from what you do as a DJ. You That's keep it. what you do as a DJ separate from what you do as a, a man yourself. That's right. Um, um, I like the fact that you like that concept of keeping things separate. Yeah. Because when you're at work, mm -hmm. you're kidding. That, mm -hmm. you know, Mr. Moore, that's mm -hmm. who you are at work. I appreciate that. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people feel like they can just run up on you at any situation yeah. and just approach you the same way they approach you in the street. And yeah. that goes into what you said earlier. If you're brought up the right way, you know that there's work etiquette, there's street etiquette, and there's man-to-man -man yeah. intrapersonal skills. You're absolutely right. And I like the fact that you you immediately hit on that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's something my, my great-grandmother, my mother... My grandmother, my uncles, they all hit on. They said, you got to have your street sense and you got to have your book sense. And you got to know when to keep them separate. 
-hmm. So when you said that, it was like a, <laughs> a light bulb went off. Right. And I was like, yo, I would love to sit down and just talk with him, just to pick his brain for just give me 20 minutes and I'll work with right. him. Right. And Steve was like, yo, um, yeah, we, we got to make this happen. Because yeah. I'm reachable. You yeah. Know, the thing about it is I'm reachable because I'm human, just like you. You know, some people are scared to talk to me because they think, oh, you know, you K-Rock, you know, you, you, you know, you've been in line like this and that. Man, I'm human. I love everybody, like I told you earlier. You know, I'm, I'm approachable. My job life, people d don't know. Mm -hmm. Some people might know riding by. They That's might, why they said you, it. Can, right, yeah. right. You know, some people might, you know, say that. But a lot of people didn't know. But when it aired... Mm -hmm. A lot of people on, on my job came out and was like, yo, I didn't know. Why didn't you say anything? It's not my job to tell you. Right. Because, I, you know, some people get funny, be like, yo, I'm K-Rock, you know. So? Right. You know? Right. And, and right. I never wanted, I'm not that flashy type person to be like, yo, this is, this is, I'm, I'm K-Rock. I'm this super DJ, you know, legendary DJ, whatever, whatever. That's not me. You, you, my job is, like you said, my job is my job. Mm -hmm. My DJ life is my DJ life. Right. You know, so, you, you know, I balance it. You have to balance it. Right. You know, but I want something. Music life is up and down. If you're not in the forefront, mm -hmm. it's up and down. So therefore, I had to balance my life because I, had, I was, you know, I wanted kids. I wanted a family. So I wanted something stable because I saw the music business. Mm -hmm. I've seen people before I even got in the music business where they was, you know, you know, why are you not doing shows? You know, mm -hmm. um, they were, you know, trying to make it. And they was, you know, solely just trying to do music. Some people in music are scared to get a real job because of pride. They feel like they fail. They failed. You know what? You're absolutely right. So they would rather just, just hide or do what they can and live off their wife or girlfriends instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to get me a real job. Mm. I'm gonna get a real job, make some money, and maybe I can put money into my music and maybe get back into my music. Some people just don't do that at all. But see, I wanted to make sure my kids had a roof mm. over their head. I wanted to make sure they had insurance. I wanted to make sure that they had money in case something happened to me. Right. I wanted a family. You know, so even my dad said, look, you got to figure out what you're doing or what you're going to do. The music business is, is temporary, but you need something where that you can retire and you can sit back and not have to work for nobody else. I think I have about maybe seven more years before I retire. That's crazy. I have man. 27 years in with the post office. That is crazy. Yeah. And I mean that, of course, in a respectful yeah, way. Like, yes, like, yeah, yeah. Wow. 27 years, man. 27 years. And I think I have seven more. It might be less than that. I'm just saying seven. <laughs> because you have to have the age. Mm -hmm. You have to have the years. Right, the amount of time. Three years, time. I'll have 30 years. But I still won't have the age of 55. Right. So that's why I said seven. I'll be eligible. But if they come with an early out, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm gone. Oh, I ain't mad at you. You've earned it. To be yeah. frank with you, I'm I mean, gone. 27 years, man. Look, I'm just so happy to be three years with my uh, employer at this time. Right. Let me let me ask you something. This is something I, I did want to know, though. Because I know with, with your work, you have during the week, then the weekend, because like we said, this weekend, you know, mm -hmm. you probably be busy. How do you, you know, switching hats can be a process. I know with me, I got to like decompress, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, throughout the day to get mm -hmm. past, you know, mm -hmm lead at there mm -hmm. and then I can go to the weekend and be served for the 2020 podcast right how do you like do that decompress or do you do it so you're saying how do I how do I do my shows on the weekend 
and work during the week. Yeah, like how basically. do you swap that mindset? How do you go from Mr. Well, Borer to DJ K-Rock? I've been doing it for so long. You have to know how to, again, balance right. the situation. You know, and I, I get five weeks vacation and I let it build up. And if I need to go get off, I got to go make that money in 45 minutes or a half hour. You know, I can't miss that. Right. That's, that's good money. Right. You know? <laughs> right. So um, you have to learn. I, I've learned how to balance it. And, you know, of course, I have to switch the hats, you know, and and balance it, you know, and, and time everything. So if I have something, you know, that Saturday night, I, as soon as I get off of work or I get off of work early, fly out. Mm. Got to catch that flight. Got to go. Right. You know, if, if I need to leave earlier, hey, have to take off that day, you know. Gotcha. Put in for, you know, to take it off and get it, you know, and go. Switch, switch, you know, uh, uh, days off with somebody, you know, and, and, and go. That makes sense, yeah. You know, so I work it out to where that it works out for me. And I, and I thank God I have coworkers that are willing to work it, work with me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and even some of my coworkers don't know the extent of what I do and what I've been doing for over 30 years, you know. That's so cool. they just know I'm a DJ. Right. You know. But that's cool. But though. they don't know the extent of right. my DJ-ness, so shall right. I say, you know. But um, overall, they, they, you know, every, I balance it. Just put it like that. I balance it. And I do what I got to do. All right. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably the, my favorite interview mm. that I've had, period. I'm not just saying that just because you're in front of me. Mm-hmm. I mean that literally. My favorite mm-hmm. interviews are the ones that. where it's not really a structure. It's just two men talking. Right. Two men talking. That's men all Talking is, about, right? you know, this world. Mm-hmm. Life. You know, we didn't touch no love, but that's fine. You know. Maybe we could do a part two one day. We might. Yeah, yeah, we'll that's possible. That's possible. <laughs> you know. Um, but. I enjoy doing doing, you know, interviews now at my later age. Right. Because now I've gained so much more knowledge. You know, if you look at Prince, Prince never really did interviews. He didn't. You know, until his later age. You know, so you know, in that whole process I'm quiet, you know, that I've been growing with this music and I stay quiet and I'm still quiet. And I and but I I'm always analyzing. Mm-hmm. I'm always analyzing what's going on in my surroundings, in this world that we live in, everything. Because thank God I'm not doing nothing where I have to watch my back all the time. I don't want to be in no situation where I ever have to watch my back. That's why I try being on on an up and up with everybody. You know, I want you to know I'm cool. Mm -hmm. I'm neutral. I get along with everybody. If you can't get along with me, then you have a problem. Yeah, it's a reflection of yourself. Because I don't judge you right off the back. I, I listen to what you got to say. You know, I'm not going to judge you if you live in a certain way. That's you. Right. I'm, I'm not involved in what you do or how you do. But if you want to talk to me, you know, confide in me, open up to me or whatever, I'm an ear. To listen to, you know, that that will listen, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't judge nobody. I don't care what you do, you know. If you a stripper or whatever, that's your business, right? You know, if you're a drug dealer, that's your business. I know what my business is, and I know I don't have to look over my shoulder or lose any sleep on anything. I do what I gotta do every day. I I get out of bed, and I feel good about what I do, and I go to sleep. Sleep good. That's the best rest when you ain't got to you know? sleep with one eye open. You know? I'm not trying to portray that I'm um, some, ty- some, some type of guy, big guy or whatever. I only can be me. Mm-hmm. You know, and if anybody knows me, they know um, I'm the realest that can be. I can be your best friend or your worst enemy. That is. And even with that, I don't want to be your enemy. I just don't want to be bothered with you. <laughs> right. I understand that. Simple as that. I'm just, I keep it 100 with you. That's it. You know, you either love me or hate me. But you shouldn't hate me because I'm I'm full of love. You know, I love everybody. You know, I I would help anybody. Hmm. And and, and if it's something that I can do for you, I'll try and help you out. Because we was all put here on this earth to help each other. 
Right. Service of your fellow man. Exactly. And it, and it's not enough people doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's what the problem is. Everybody's mm-hmm. selfish. Everybody, you know, is trying to take from each other. Everybody's trying to be bigger than the next. Why get to a certain status and don't bring nobody up with you? I know one person, I'm not going to mention no names, this brother, you know, it, it, I, I, I watch him. I've been knowing him since he was a kid. This brother is making millions of dollars right now. And he took all of his homies and, and put them in businesses. You know what I mean? And I respect that man right there for doing that. You know, because he know knows what it is to survive in this world. Yep. And he want to make sure his whole surroundings is good. And that's how you do it. When you become successful, you take the people in your circle and you make them successful. Mm-hmm. And if you have room to make somebody else successful, you do that. That's how you get rewarded. That's how you get respected. That's how you just can sleep good at night. You know? Right. Brother, I appreciate this more than you know. No problem. It's crazy. You know, God speaks through other people. Oh, yeah. And you you hit on several points that I needed to hear today. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I get so wrapped up in... Man, did I do enough? Did I do enough? I, I, I never really look for recognition. Mm-hmm. And you just confirmed that I don't need to. And That's I appreciate it. that. I say you keep doing what your heart tells you to do, what your yeah. soul tells you to do, you know? And you keep connecting with the right people, and you keep doing what you, what's in your heart to do. And you'll see yourself keep rising and getting to the point where you want to be. Because... You never know who can help you if you don't open your mouth. Fact. Fact. Listen. This has been your boy, sir. The legendary DJ K-Rock himself. That's right. And we out. Blessings.